Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I'd like to thank all my listeners for listening and also my contributors to the show, who are Executive Producer Candace Sanderson, author of Reluctant Messenger, Senior Editor Amanda Steele, author of Ghosts of Me, Binaural Production Engineer, Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And if you are interested in becoming a contributor to this show, just go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find a whole bunch of information there on how you can contribute and help support this podcast and whatever else we decide to do next with it. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Meredith Herrenbrook. Thank you for coming back on today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And and some of my listeners might be like, wait, we've never heard her before. Well, I forgot to hit record last time. (laughs) So thank you again for being so patient with me. You are welcome. I think we'll do it even better this time. (laughs) And um, I forgot the name of your book. What's the name of the book? It is called Becoming Ridiculously Awesome. Who doesn't want that? Well, I think I want that. So how do I get it? You can go onto my website, which is called livingyourawesome.com, or you can always go to Amazon. I have it on Kindle version as well, if you are much more into that. I don't have the audiobook yet, but if you buy my book, I'll have more funds to do the audiobook. And uh, it, <laughs> it's a great book because it's about my path, which you guys will be learning very soon uh, in this podcast. And uh, it also has exercises to help you guys along your path from being stuck and frustrated and into much more of a balanced, happy, exuberant, hopefully awesome life. All right. I guess I could I could use this. I, I could use a happy, awesome, especially exuberant. Because I certainly could use the energy. <laughs> yes, I think we all could. It's been a rough year. It's kind of a, been a battle year in a way. Yeah. And a shifting of paradigms, I think. So I think this book is very timely. I wrote it a few years ago. But I'm really pushing it forward right now because... Last summer, I got so tired of being in that fear state. There was so much newness and thrust upon all of us trying to figure out what's the truth, what's going on, what the new rules are, how to be, how to think and feel that I got so tired of being in that fear state that I had when I was younger, and we'll get into that later, but I just finally shook myself out of it and I said, look, You have to use your tools. And also, if I'm having such a hard time and I've been through trauma and such before and I'm having a hard time, then I need to help people learn the tools that I have learned so they can get through all this stuff faster so they don't have to be frustrated and stuck and 
get on the other side of it. So I'm really pushing hard to help everyone get access to these tools because they are very useful and um, and they're very quick. You don't need to be in therapy for years and get over your phobias and stresses and PTSD. So yeah, since last summer I go, I gotta, I gotta do this. So here we are. Wow. So, so what areas were you stuck in and what are these tools that you've used to help get yourself out of it? Where I was stuck was, um, I was, when I was little, I had a trauma and it was, uh, a sexual trauma and, um, it was a very difficult thing of not just the trauma itself, but how I related to my family and what they did or did not do with it and so forth and so on. And so then as time went on, I kind of forgot about it until high school where I ended up having nightmares and so forth. And so I was basically dealing with PTSD and then how to deal socially with it, with my family and resolve it somehow. And also, just dealing with the fallout of, you know, um, the PTSD issues of it, of consistent nightmares, um, figuring out what my self-worth was. It's like all those things that, you know, a lot of high school students are already dealing with it. Of who am I? How am I in the world? Do I matter? You know, and all those things. Uh, so that's where I came from. And, and so what happened was, you know, I went to therapy and did all those usual things and they helped to a certain point, but, uh, I ended up, uh, the universe offered, I should say this beautiful, uh, golden opportunity where I was talking with a friend of mine in my late twenties. So again, this was like 10 years of dealing with all this trauma and pain and not getting enough headway in it. And so I talked with a friend of mine about boy troubles and so forth. And I really liked this guy and uh, it just wasn't working out. And I'm like, why is it not working out? And, you know, why am I feeling this way, et cetera? I was so desperate for a connection. Anyway, so he starts asking me these questions. And after 15 minutes, I look at him and I go, what are you doing? And he says, and he's all being kind of on the down low. He's like, what? You know, they're just questions. I go, no, 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 no. I, and it was just like this silver bullet had gone into my brain. And I go, this is so different and so powerful and effective. I looked at him and I go, it, I have gotten further in, and this is verbatim, I've gone further in 15 minutes than I have in a whole year of therapy of going once a week for an hour plus for sessions. I go, what are you doing? And he says, well, it's called NLP. And I was blown away by it. I'm like, what the hell is all this stuff? This is insane. Because I was getting somewhere, I was uncovering what the problems really were. And it wasn't with the guy. It was with ultimately my belief systems, how I felt about myself. It was all this internal stuff that I, no one had really gotten me to look at and see how and why it was there which was all basically to keep me safe and alive, but they were old patterns and belief systems that really no longer applied. So anyway, so I ended up literally like two days later, so that was like a Thursday. So the next Monday, 
I go online and I sign up for the classes and, you know, bada bing, bada boom, three years later, I'm now a master practitioner. Um, it was just amazing work. And um, so I just want to teach this to everybody because, you know, I think there are certain beliefs out there that therapy takes years and that you have to suffer or that you are here ordained by God to, you know, with karma and everything else that you have to suffer and so forth. And I honestly, I used to believe that way. Oh, I'm put here on this earth and, you know, this is my lot in life. Um, I have learned that no, those are old belief systems, that there are no rules about how you have to live and that you have to suffer and et cetera. Um, anyway, so I did my work and I'm still, you know, tweaking my world, of course, but I went through so much learning and training that my consciousness shifted, my belief system shifted, my experiences shifted. And then when that was happening, then what's really cool is in the universe, because you're vibrating differently, your filters are different, you're seeing the world differently, well, then the world becomes different and you'll now see new opportunities you'll, that you didn't see before because you didn't believe you could have them. But now once you believe you can have them, then you can then, I don't know, your vibe is different. Your awareness is different. So then you're, you know, what is offered to you is different. And so then of course you're, you've leveled up. And so now the universe levels up with you. So that's kind of where it, it, it led to. Yeah. So what is the difference between NLP and traditional therapy? From my perspective, um, the long and short of it is I think a lot of therapy, like say traditional Freudian therapy of, you know, how do you feel about that? What's going on for you? What's the story, right? Those are, you know, a lot of the questions they'll ask you and, okay, why do you think that and what's going on for you, et cetera. Do you notice those are questions about your current condition, your current state of being, and that's all well and good and useful to a point. But what I have learned is that when you're stay stuck in story, you're, you're stuck in the current story, the current situation. But what I've learned is that um, <laughs> the whole structure of why you're having and how you're having your current situation is based on the disbeliefs that you came away with from a situation long ago and far away from your childhood, maybe from, we'll get into this even later, um, past life stuff, maybe mm -hmm. entity attachment. all, there are so many forces that are creating your current experience that are from the past. So if we're talking about current story, that's like the tip of the iceberg. That's the stuff that we see as the problem, but it's not the root cause. For you to deal with your current story, you have to go to the foundation. You have to go to the imprint. You have to go to that past and go, all right, well, what happened? And what did you come away with? Because what happens is 
What you survive, you recreate. That's how our brain works is as we're growing up in life, we, ha- we bump into all these experiences, right? We don't know very much when we're little and we go, oh, here I am with this new situation. I don't know what to do, so I'm gonna try this or I'm gonna try that. Mm-hmm. You go, oh, that works or it didn't work. If it didn't work, right? If you say walking, your little kid is trying to walk and they trip or they're a little wobbly. All right, let me adjust my foot here. Let me bring out my hands here, right? We do, we do that, we employ that same um, kind of thinking to survive social situations, emotional situations, not just the mechanics of our body. So what we survive, we recreate. So if it works and we go, oh, okay, I've spread my feet out this way and I've balanced this way, now I'm gonna take a step. There are thousands of decisions that are happening. There are thousands of little belief systems that are concurrently happening and they get filed away in our brain to use again because it worked. And we go, oh, that's the way to do it, right? The best Mm -hmm. option that we go, oh, that works. And we go, well, great, then we're going to keep using it. We're going to play that card over and over and over again, okay? And then we go, all right, so what we, we don't think about it now of how to walk, we just do it. Similarly, how we get along in the world of our relationships, of having wonderful, meaningful, loving, balanced, you know, as much as we can relationships, or, hey, I'm going to not have relationships because that's easier or it's safer or whatever, right? But we just say, I don't know why I can't have a great, meaningful relationship with someone. And we think it's, oh, it's just, I'm meeting the wrong people, right? We're we're stuck in the story of the current situation. Again, so relating kind of to the imprint is like, okay, let's not stay here. Let's go back into where the original belief systems and structure is held. And let's look there because that's where the nugget and, and that's where we need to go. Let's, and then when we unpack it, then we go, all right, well, do we need to believe those things anymore? Are they really working for you anymore? Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of, un, we open up that can of worms and then we go, all right, let's see what you want now. And let's kind of restructure your belief system. And then when you do that, then you don't have to use those old belief systems anymore because your brain goes, oh, wow, this is amazing. I didn't know I could believe this, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was safe to believe this. And so when you're able to make the system a better offer of all this old survival patterning, then you can make better choices and it becomes an unconscious choice, right? Does that make sense? It does. But it also sounds daunting because I know for me to go back and look at my past, especially childhood stuff, eh, you know, I want one I don't really like. I mean, there's a whole lot there. You know, there's all kinds of weird stuff. There's anger, there's shame, there's disappointment, there's, I mean, all kinds of of weirdness that I can't even, wouldn't even be able to sometimes put into words. And, you know, I don't know if I would even want to do that. I think I would rather almost like, like, yeah, 
screw it. I'm just going to try different things until I figure out what, what's working now. Sure. I, I will tell you, you have to kind of come from a warrior stance. And because life is not easy, but I do want to kind of give you a, a consideration of for you to be able to get to where you are now takes a lot of bravery. It takes a lot of fortitude to get up in the morning, go to work, um, you know, not get frustrated with certain things and keep yourself balanced throughout the day, you know, and, and do all the things you have to do on, and, and manage your world on a daily basis. But consider this, consider this, how, Imagine all the things that you are still holding on to from what I've heard, the anger, the stuff you don't want to touch, the stuff you just like, I just don't want to. Imagine, though, how much energy you are using right now to hold that off or to keep it in your system because you're still surviving it. It's still in your awareness because you're still feeling all these negative emotions. Imagine how much energy that is taking. It's all running on the subconscious level, but it's still there, right? You might be triggered in these things. You go, ah, I just don't want to deal with looking at the triggers and dealing with it. Okay. But imagine, so you're running all this stuff right now. And that's taking a lot of energy that you could be using somewhere else. But imagine if you go, all right, I'm going to deal with this one trigger right now or this one little gob of stuff. And now it's not super fun. But I'm going to tell you, NLP makes it a lot easier than you would imagine. Um, and again, you're not having to go through these things for a year and talk it over and over and over. But imagine having more energy after a session or two. And then you go, wow, I feel lighter. I feel not triggered anymore. I feel like I have more to give to the world because you're not weighed down with all the stuff anymore. And then, well, if you're, it's like if you're constantly stuck, you're never going to get to that next level if you keep all this old stuff here. There's only so much your brain and your body and your system can hold on to. And also, Another consideration is the more you don't deal with your stuck stuff might create chronic conditions, might create chronic pain and uh, maybe even, gosh, more nightmares, more sleepless nights, more addictions, right? Imagine if you can let go of all that old stuff that is causing those emotional um, situations. Like, why would you want to be there? It might be hard for a while, you know, a session or two, or, or you know, maybe more depending on, on the size of it. But what if you're done with it? Like step into kind of a slightly future version of you where you can go, I don't have to deal with that stuff anymore. Like it's not even there. Would you want to have that as a possibility? Sure. Because then what happens if you're freed up from a big pile that's been on the plate for the, for your whole lifetime, what new could you put on that plate? Cause it's not full anymore. 
No, definitely pizza. Pizza. I love pizza. We just had it last <laughs> night. It was delicious. <laughs> but what if you could say, wow, now I could feel better having better relationships or closer connections with people, or I feel more confident um, with, you know, planning my world out such that I want to get that promotion or I just want to finally say, screw the corporate world. I want to own a farm. And now I have the confidence to do it because I've always loved it but I've always stopped myself from doing it, hmm. right? What is it that stops you from doing the things that you're passionate about and love? Hmm. Or, you know, maybe you're married, but you're kind of unhappily married. And it's not that that person is a bad person, but you just go, oh, I just have so much stuff in my world, all these old triggers. Everyone has them. No one is special from, you know, no one gets out of childhood without any triggers and they have the most perfect parents and they haven't had any negative situations, but what if you could just, wow, meet your world as it is more fully and more presently um, or with more presence and happiness and ease. It doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to move mountains, but what if you could just be happier in the world that you already have, you know? Um, I think it's important in today's day and age, especially with this pandemic and everything else, there's a whole lot of forces out there that are creating fear for their benefit and not your own, okay? Fear, creating fear is not an altruistic source, okay? I'm not going to tell you what those sources are, but there are a lot of them. We know them as maybe, we'll just say it, maybe as government, maybe as media, maybe as cultural, whatever it is, so they can put you in a box and control you, okay? I don't know about you, but I don't like to be controlled. This is where my warrior stance comes out. And I go, no effing way. If you're trying to control me, then that means I am able to be controlled. But when you are able to stand in your own light, if you will, your own power, and that you can learn to manifest and create your own world and finally live your passions. Do you think the world is better for it? Yes. Right. So, but if everyone is in fear, then do you, I don't think the world is a better place, right? If we're stuck in jobs that we don't like, are we going to do that job well? Well, I mean, the world's not a better place for us, but it's a better place for the people that control it. What living your passions? No, no. I mean, when, when you know, keeping us oh. in fear keeps them in control. Absolutely. Um, I have a quick question before we go down this other road. That I, um, yeah. Why is it that you know, like, like growing up as a kid and going, you know, I was in high school and stuff. It's like some people just take off at the gate and they run and they're successful at everything they touch. Everything they touch just turns to gold. And then there's others that everything they touch just turns to shit. And it just takes an incredible amount of work. Mm -hmm. Why does that happen? I believe it happens because of a few different factors. But the, the, the center piece of it is that they are in alignment. Now, I'll tell you what, for me, being in alignment is. And... Um, I'll give you maybe an example of like, have you ever been 
in a day or experienced a day or maybe an hour or even five minutes where you are just feeling open, expansive, you're feeling like dressed for success. Doesn't even matter if it's like sloppy or not, but you're feeling awesome. Yeah. You're grounded, you're expansive. You go to the coffee shop, you go, Hey, you know, Bob, how you doing? Right. You know, and you are just bright. You are this diamond that is beaming for whatever reason. Right. And you just know today is going to be great. You, you're just feeling it. Your car starts perfectly there. there you know, you hit all the green lights, et cetera. Right. There's, you are feeling great, but then also the universe is in sync with you in this beautiful aligned experience, right? Mm -hmm. So then when you're aligned and then you're beaming, then you, that beaming of, of higher vibration is now expanded out into the world, right? right? So what you believe comes back to you. What you serve, you know, what you are putting out there, you get back. The universe is basically a mirror. So, and it's conspiring to work with you on whatever you're believing. Okay. So I believe that those who, you know, anything they touch turns to gold, so to speak. They are in alignment with the belief systems that it will be okay, that they are enough, that they can do what they need to do. And if they don't know how to do it, then they will figure out how to do it, who to talk to and so forth. It's a, um, it's an expansive growth mindset. Okay. Um, for those who don't, you know, everything turns to shit, as you say, there are a few things that are conspiring against that person, but it does come in essence with what are their belief systems such that they feel that things will turn to shit. So there's a big belief system thing happening there. Oh, I'll never do it right. I hear people say that all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, whatever I do, I'm just so clumsy. Okay. Well, when you tell your brain, I am clumsy, then the filter gets set out into the world of you'll find just all those things to be clumsy with to reinforce your belief about yourself that you are clumsy. Okay, so there's a big belief system and maybe it's multiple belief systems that are reinforcing every day such that you your world turns to shit. Okay, so there's the internal workings. Then there's the external workings of what did your parents perhaps say? Um, what you know, where to be, to be safe and loved in a family system is again, another belief system piece, but it comes from an external source. Uh, well, what did your parents say or, or what experiences did you have growing up such that it was better to believe yourself of not being powerful or not being successful, whatever those words are, um, such that it made their world okay. Um, okay. So there's belief system pieces and where they came from and how, you know, like, why are you telling yourself? Because that guy around the corner might not be believing those things. And he's everything he's touching turns to gold. His belief systems are different. His experiences and alignment is different. So if your world is turning to shit, then you go, what are you aligning with? 
What are your beliefs? And then what energies are attached to you such that they are helping you stay in that fear state because they get control. They get energy from you. Right? So, so all I have so, to do is believe. It's, so, not, so just, I can, I, I it's can, not just like a Peter Pan, I um, believe, and I can fly. I, I, can't, I, I can't believe that I'm like the immortal god of podcasting. <laughs> I think that's a really beautiful goal, and I kind of like that. Um, <laughs> I really like that feeling. Uh, but then I would go, well, what would having that do for you? Because we want belief systems that are really going to work and that are tangible and, and actually, you know, uh, accessible. But if you want to, you know, so what NLP would do in that case is go, well, what would having that do for you? And then we might ask that a few times to go, what's really the desired state here? Is it really you want to be a mortal God? Of, course of, that of podcasting. Of podcasting. Absolutely. Right. And so, but what does that mean to you? It means that my podcast will become huge. It'll make money. Or I don't want to make a lot of money, but enough to live. And it'll reach the largest audience possible and hopefully open up other possibilities for my audience as well. That's beautiful. So imagine you start off with this, I want to be a mortal god of podcasting. And already we started, you started to say about five different things that were more important than just being a god. That's kind of just like the, the umbrella idea of I want to be an immortal God of podcasting, but then now it's, well, I want to have enough money to live and be comfortable. I want to reach a large audience. So to me, I go, all right, well then what would having those things do for you? Um, I don't know. It would just be fun. That's pretty much all fun I do. How? It's pretty well, much why I do so, things. Right? Right. So you want to be happy, perhaps? I mean, fun is a is a better mm-hmm. state than know, I'm being already, unhappy. I'm already happy. Um, I don't know. It's a tough question. I really don't know because I already am happy. I already have everything I need. And, and everything pretty much I do at this point in my life is more because I just want to uh, rather than have to. Um, yeah, I just think it would be a cool idea. Be a cool you know, idea it's, it's like creating a work of art. Like, why does somebody create a work of art? They create it because they want to, because they think it's going to be a cool idea, because it, it's something that makes them feel alive and will hopefully make other people feel alive. Okay. Well, the motivations for why people do certain things is varied. Sometimes I think there's kind of a, there's a way that people operate is some people are, um, operate more from a fear-based state of, um, you know, their, their passions are to not be poor versus those who say i want to do this because i want to make a lot of money right so there's kind of away from Mm -hmm. fear-based languaging and thinking and then there's towards thinking 
Um, myself, I tend to be more of a towards thinker of, you know, say, I want to do these podcasts because I want to share this information and all these tools with the world versus someone who says, I want to do this podcast because I don't want to lose my house next month. So I need to make enough money. Right. And so, so when you say, I think it'd be fun, I go, Oh, there's a little more to it than that. So if you were this immortal God of podcasting, what would having that do for you? What good thing comes to you if you had that now? I don't know. I think it would just be cool. It'd just be cool. Yeah. Why? What would be cool about it? Like, describe that experience. If you could set yourself into, well, I, I, say, I, I next think, year. I, I think one. What would that be like? One. I think, I think it would definitely be like a huge plus for the ego. The ego would be <sighs> completely satisfied with that. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. And so then what does your ego get out of, of having that? What boxes does that tick? Um, I, I, I think if my ego is able to achieve that, then it would be able to achieve anything, like so many other things that I would like to do. You know, uh, like like answer some of the mysteries of the universe. I mean, that's what my whole podcast is about, is finding so many answers to all these mysteries in the universe that are out there, you know, um, you know, some of them like, you know, just like simple questions, like where did we come from? You know, like we don't even know the human race right. has no idea where they came from. Right. It's very true. So, so maybe it's not. So what I hear you saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is that what you'd like to really experience is not necessarily be a, you know, this immortal God of podcasting for the sake of being a mortal God, right? But there is a desire behind it because you're curious and you want to find answers. So if, so perhaps if your reach is wide enough, you will find the answers that you seek. Would mm -hmm. that be a true statement? Yeah, I want answers. Although I already oh. have some answers. Mm -hmm. Right. So, right. So if this immortal God that kind of trumps this sense of time, right. This, this sense of that there's a finite amount of time to find the answers is what I'm picking up on. So if you have this far reaching uh, experience, then the belief is mm -hmm. that you'll probably be able to find the answers that you seek. Which is awesome, right? I guess the I guess goal. the ultimate result would be, or, or my ultimate goal would be, to crush the machine that is holding people down. Ooh, now we're getting into deep stuff. So, what is the machine that's holding people down? I believe it's um, government, corporations. I definitely believe it's money. Money is just another form of slavery. Um, people's um, uh, humans are capable of far more than what they think they can do. And I think the biggest threat to the machine is if people figure out how much they can do with their own consciousness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 
the machine, as you say. Yes, it's in my per perception. Yes, it could be government. It could be all these people who are trying to, you know, lord over other people for their own gains and for their own means. Sometimes I think it's altruistic and it just goes awry. But here's the thing and that I stated earlier is that all of that machine crushing only can happen if we don't believe enough about ourselves, that right. they are more powerful than we are. Right. And the thing is, it's simply not true because if we choose to not participate in that way, right, we can, we can vote differently. We can change laws. Thank goodness in the United States, it might take a few years, but you can create action to shift things. You can create more wholeness in yourself such that the government and all of that soul crushing uh, energy doesn't touch you. It can still do its thing, but you're way beyond it. I mean, and this is where I'm talking about much more of the spiritual realms of you're a soul in a body. This is your current lifetime. So on, on one level in the human level, yeah, there's government versus, you know, individual and so forth, but the government ultimately can't exist without the people. Right. So mm -hmm. again, it's okay. Well, the power is actually to the citizen. It always has been, but they've done a really good job making you think otherwise. They've really done a good job, but it's up to, again, belief systems. Well, do they really have that power? Ultimately, no. Right? right? You don't want to be thrown in jail. You have your own accountability. I'm talking about normal situations, not extreme situations that we've been dealing with in the past few years that have come to light. I'm saying in a normal situation, if you do not engage in activity that is um, illegal, then you probably won't go to jail, right? If you dress well and you are more expansive and nice and you do your work and you're overall um, an energetic, positive citizen in person, then more likely you'll have closer connections. You'll have probably a better job and so forth and so on. But that is personal accountability. It is personal accountability. And so the, the soul crushing or you're saying the the crush uh, the machine crusher can't exist without us. And so if we shift our vibrations, if we finally understand our personal accountability and how to manifest and how to master our souls and our thinking and our belief systems, when we improve this and learn to master this as a warrior, if you will, not just I hope, I hope and I wish and here's some fairy dust. You do have to put in the work. It is hard initially, but when you raise your vibration and you are more accountable and you do those things that are more of the light, if you will, the more positive, less fear-based, less control, less victim-oriented stuff, then the world will change. The machine will no longer be there in its power because you have shifted and enough people have shifted such that that old paradigm will not be there anymore. Does that make sense? It does. It's the, 
it's the victim perpetrator dynamic. And I think, so thank you for bringing this up because here's how it works. Here's how the universe works. When you have an experience of two people where one person um, puts their power over onto another person such that the, so let's say person A and person B. So person A is the perpetrator, the bully, the whatever judgment and description you want to put. And then there's person B who has had this uh, experience. They can, and, and in the middle of the experience, they can go, wow, this sucks. I can go punch him in the nose <laughs> or punch her in the nose or do what I can to get away or whatever, whatever this experience is, but let's just keep it physical because it's obvious mm -hmm. and very clean. So you can either go, Hey, F off. I'm going to battle you. And because I don't believe you are better than me, I don't believe you are stronger than me, or maybe you are physically stronger, but I don't have to believe that I am less than I don't have to believe that. It is your choice to believe that. And it's hard because when we are little, we are natural, we are smaller. Mm -hmm. We don't know as much. Our parents are louder. I get caught in this. I kind of yell at my kids occasionally and I'm doing much better, but I get so triggered. I get so frustrated, but that's my stuff, right? But little kids, they are naturally in a position to not know their power. They come into this world loving and bright no boundaries full of love and through the way this human experience is they come away with experiences where they believe certain things about themselves and a lot of times that's why we feel we're failures we feel we're not enough we stay isolated and alone because it is the best choice we had when we were little to get out of that experience and then what we survive we recreate we grow up Okay, so that's kind of the system. But when you have, you know, person A and person B, person B does not have to believe that they are less than. No one told them that, but that was the choice they made to make it survivable. That was, you know, that was on the, the menu that day of, oh, I, if I believe that, then I'll get out of this alive. Mm -hmm. But imagine alternate person B who says, I'm going to punch you in the nose because you're being a jerk and I don't like you. I might be smaller, but I'm going to go out fighting. And no, I'm not going to believe that. You know what happens when that alternate B says F off, then you know what? The other person, person A goes, oh, right. He, that person B has shifted the dynamic, right? It's like playing tennis, right? If you play nicely or a certain pace, then you are in a certain paradigm. You're in a certain movie, if you will. But then if you're, you know, both are, you know, you got both Jackie Chan's on both sides, mm -hmm. then they go, okay, different dynamic. There is mutual respect and different belief systems, different paradigm happening. So then the perpetrator cannot be a perpetrator anymore. And he goes, oh, I guess I have to respect you. I guess I have to now change my belief systems, my behaviors, my actions. Okay. So without both of them playing in the paradigm, it can't, 
it can't be that certain paradigm if that if one of them shifts mm-hmm. it becomes a new a, a, a new dynamic so if we choose to be different right think and feel differently then the world will be different we don't have to be in the perpetrator um victim stance and i know all about that i had that experience for so many years and when i realized wow i don't have to believe that anymore and that sure there might be still bad things that happen that you don't want of course i'm not saying that it's going to be shangri-la after you shift this belief um but you're certainly going to level up such that maybe you don't have to experience perpetrator victim experiences anymore Mm -hmm. it just won't show up because your your radar is shifted it's exactly what happens do we so have to do we have yeah, to change more than just our thinking? Like, do we have to also align our actions with these new thoughts? Here's what happens. So, yes, you do. So NLP focuses when you when you do NLP sessions um, or when you want to level up, when you want to shift, there has to be a new alignment of your thinking and feeling and your doing, mm-hmm. your actions. But often, again, it's like your thoughts, who said it so long ago, you know, when your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions. There is an alignment process, but it's kind of like a snowball where when you believe something different, then your actions will naturally take that new course. Okay, it's a natural progression. Um, so if your your spirit and your emotions and your thoughts are in alignment, then your body will naturally be aligned. If you're more expansive and you're, um, you naturally sit taller, you naturally walk more expansively. So you're going to be actually less likely to trip, aren't you? Because if you're believing that you're down and you're mopey and you're sad and you're, you know, you're crossing your hands over your chest because you're covering your center because you're protecting your center, but you know, then you're hunching down. Well, then your hips are lower and then your knees are lower and then you're going to trip over the cobblestones. You know what I mean? But when you're thinking expansively, your body naturally shifts. I just thought of this because where's the energy going to go? It has to radiate out. You can't contain something bright like the sun. True. So you expand out. And then when you expand out, then you have enough for yourself. You believe enough about yourself and then it spills out into the world. And then that other person goes, wow, that person's just happy today. You know, it it reminds me of when I was little, I don't know, in high school, I was really, I was depressed. I was depressed for probably 10, 15 years um, for multiple reasons, trauma, also diet was not helpful. I realized I later had to be gluten-free and so forth. So I, you know, fixed those things. But when I was in that depression and I was so frustrated with the world, I go, all right, I have to stop this little self-sabotage, mopey, feel sorry for yourself because I was getting tired of it. (laughs) I was getting tired of myself. And I go, you know what? Stop thinking about yourself. Stop being selfish and all, you know, all encompassing poor is, you know, woe is me, poor me. I was really good at doing that. And then I go, you know what? Well, what else could I do? And I said, how about if I'm just happier for another person? How can I be helpful to someone else? How can I just make someone else's world a little better? 
And it would start off with a smile or, I don't know, opening the door for someone or um, picking up, you know, someone drops some money. Hey, here you go. Right. Doing those little acts of kindness helped them. It lifted them up. And then it lifted myself up because I realized that I mattered, that I was important to the world. You know, and it, it, it took a while to feed itself because this is also way before NLP. But it's this, how do I give to the world to then it ends up changing you as well. So um, those random acts of kindness do help. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, whenever you're feeling mopey and small and, you know, um, down on yourself, do something different. Right. How you know? does NLP fit? into this because i know nlp as something that used car sales been used to sell cars <laughs> not as something as a, a way of changing your life but it's more of a sales technique it yes the the people who have taken the nlp for their own gain um as you say used car salesmen um yes on one level, I'll just actually, I'm going to reframe it because I, I came into judgment of used car salesman. But here's the thing is, um, if you are using all NLP at the base of it is one building rapport with someone, because when we find connection with others that they are and building rapport, meaning, wow, it, it turns that person's critter brain on to go, wow, they are like me. Because right. if we feel that we're different than other people, then we'll be less open to what they're saying, right? It's like going to a foreign country. If you don't speak the language, you know, you don't understand the architecture, you don't understand how the streets work and how, you know, anything, their systems work. Are you going to be open and friendly? No. You're going to be scared and closed. You're not going to really talk to people. But NLP at the very base level is beautiful because it connects people. And it opens them up to new ideas. But I'll tell you, look, if you don't want to buy a car, NLP can't force you to buy a car. <laughs> it can't because you're smart enough. Come on. You're not a stupid person. You can go, thanks so much. That was well done. And I've had a great conversation. This is wonderful. I wish you the best of luck, but I'm just not looking for a car today. Mm -hmm. So NLP can never force you to shift your thinking if you just don't believe it. If you go, right. yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. But what I do love about NLP is it can be a bridge, if done well, to be able to help clients and help create connection. When I was starting off with NLP, I, you know, taking the classes, we were learning how to build rapport with people. It was so empowering because I ended up going to this um, little party and I, and I, all I did was NLP. I did not worry about my ego and was I good enough? Was I pretty enough? That's all those little personal ego trappings. And I ended up having this conversation with this woman. All I did was I mirrored her in her languaging, her body language, how she was standing, how she was, you know, using her words. And we ended up having a lovely conversation. She goes, I feel like I've known you forever. And the thing is, my energy was altruistic, was I just wanted to make a connection, right? right? And so we are both better for it. So look, NLP 
Yeah, I guess you can use it. There's certain um, magicians uh, and, and um, oh, what do you call them? It's not magicians. It's like the higher level of, um, you could say manipulation, if you will. But, you know, in, in, at the end of the day, look, that's not what I do. 90% um, of the people, I would say, most of the people, they are doing it for, for altruistic reasons. How can we help people connect with themselves, find personal power and accountability, get out of the perpetrator victim mentality such that you can finally believe that you are master of your own ship, of your own experience, so you can steer wherever you want to go rather than being at the whim of someone else or of the old belief systems. That's where my colleagues and I live. And again, when we're more expansive individually and we're more personally accountable, um, on one hand, you know, on one hand, it's scary to be powerful. Imagine yourself actually wielding power. On one hand, it's scary because you're like, but then what? And on the other hand, you go, okay, great. Then what? Where do you want to go? Is it okay to be happy? Is it okay to be expansive and loved and feel loving? Feel that you have the right to exist and feel good and connected? Like, what's wrong with that? And if someone's telling you that something's wrong with that, then I want to talk to that person. <laughs> but I want to talk to you on why you believe that. Because there is nowhere in the world ultimately that says you cannot have those things and you cannot feel awesome about yourself. Right. There's no reason. But what is the difference between NLP and hypnotism? Um, hypnotism is a tool to be able to, from what I understand, I've taken a few classes on it, but it helps kind of calm the system down like the defenses that, you know, has us fighting and surviving and, and so forth. It's a way to calm and relax the mind such that you can um, kind of speak to the subconscious uh, to let go of old triggers and, and belief systems and so forth. Um, NLP deals a lot more with the, I mean, we don't use hypnotism because, you know, we have the person fully awake and having a full conversation like this um it, we deal more with like the conscious mind uh than kind of the subconscious mind i think mm. they're they're different different tools to get to i think the same place um but i my belief with lack of full understanding so that's my caveat so i think nlp is a little bit more complete especially the tools that i get into because you know we've talked about nlp but then there's the other tools in the toolbox that I use of entity attachment and um, kind of family soul constellation work where right. that deals with entities that are attached to you that are kind of giving you subconscious information and they're carrying their baggage and they're resonating with your fears and such, such that it kind of keeps you in that fear state. Um, where, where do these entities come from? What are they? And how did they get attached to people? And how does somebody know that they even have an entity, entity attached to them rather than just maybe having a bad day? Right. Uh, well, there are a few ways you can figure it out. So, okay. Where do they come from? They come from all over, from 
outer space, if you will, uh, to from ghosts that have, you know, people who've passed away and they're for some reason sticking to earth, not wanting to go to heaven, not believing they can go to heaven, uh, not wanting to leave their loved ones or they're angry or they feel an obligation to be here. There's so many reasons. So there's like the ghost of non passed over people. Okay. So there's that whole realm. And then there are other entities of, um, where they've never been incarnated and it's an energy of, um, it's an energy that is here to help or it's on, you know, and that's kind of like the, Hey, I'm just cruising by and wow, you seem to be having a hard time. Let me see if I can help you with that. And so, but they end up attaching to you and they bring their own belief systems and experiences and baggage. Then there's the entities which are more like demons, evil, very negative uh, sources that are there to control and drain your energy and just wreak havoc. Um, so those are the place, places where I know they come from. And they can come from, you can have an entity that's been attached to you multiple lifetimes too. Um, and so, so there's that whole thing. Uh, so you can have them from long ago and far away. Uh, you can pick them up on the airport. Um, um, there's so many stories I could tell you. But uh, so what happens is they will attach because there is an energetic vibrational match. So if you're feeling sad and it kind of almost makes a hole or there creates almost like this little vacuum, if you will. And it's like this little beacon that says that's vibrating at this certain fear state, if you will, or this sad state. And then there's another entity out there, a little soul out there cruising around and goes, oh my gosh, I've experienced that. I want to help you out with that. Or I want to make you feel better, you know, to be a friend. I want to give you kind of like a hug. And that energetic matchup just sinks these people, these souls together. So it's like, and then instantly they're attached to each other. Mm -hmm. And then they forget they're separated. Um, and then what happens is then you as a, person in this body might start to have take on the characteristics of that person or soul or whatever that entity is. Um, and it can go from like, there was one story I heard of where there was an octopus actually that had died on a, on a, you know, shipping vessel or it's not a shipping vessel, a fishing vessel. And, you know, all the fish were in the nets and the octopus got caught. And so rather than being nice guys and or people putting the octopus back, they chopped it up and threw it overboard. And so the soul of that octopus was angry and sad. You know, it had, his life was shortened. And uh, anyway, so there was this girl walking along the beach and uh, she was 13 or so and she was um, maturing and it had hit puberty and she was scared, you know, and just, it was, she was, unsure about so many things and so with that fear that she had the octopus goes oh i know exactly what that feeling is like and so then this octopus attached to her what happened she didn't know this happened right all she knew after that point was that she couldn't have hot showers anymore all she knew was that she couldn't get in a hot tub she could only be in cold water 
And this is a true story. I'm not kidding. And so she gets older and she has, she gets married and, and has kids and finally meets my teacher, um, Manu Saito in Hawaii. And he's having a session with her, kind of like a lomi lomi massage and so forth. Anyway, so, um, and so this, he starts talking with her and this story comes up and, and the husband says, oh yeah, he's in the session with her and he goes, yeah, you know, there's this weird thing. She just can't ever get in hot water. It's the most bizarre thing. You know, she's been to doctors, et cetera. So finally this story gets uncovered. And so then once there's reconciliation, and then the spirit moves back to where he comes from and he goes into the deep. And then after that, the woman can actually immediately go into hot water and she can take hot showers and she can go in hot tubs and hang out with her friends. So this is an, a, a very dynamic example of how entities can influence our lives physically, mentally, emotionally. And, you know, so if you've got lots of voices in your head, um, this happened to me once um, when I started to realize that all those thoughts in my head were not my own. There was just so much chatter in my head and it was so busy in there. I'm going, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And I just go, oh, just shut up, right? Just to myself. Mm -hmm. And it was strangely silent. I mean, it was silent such that I had never had that experience before in my entire life. I always had all these kind of voices going on. I just thought it was different parts of myself, different parts of my brain talking to myself. So I go, so once it was dead silent, I go, what the heck was that? Because it was bizarre to only have one thought in my head going on at one time. And I didn't, and I finally realized that that previous experience, not everyone has to have. But when you live with it so long, you don't know any different. So that's one way to kind of know is if you have lots of thoughts in your head, if you have lots of odd experiences or characteristic changes or personality changes where you just mm -hmm. go, where did that come from? Or an addiction change or a whatever it is, um, or a language change. Maybe you know a new language or maybe you just know some history that you didn't know before. Uh, things like that, that are just kind of unexplainable. It could be entity attachment. doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but you probably don't want to have that there. It's kind of nice to have one soul in one body and you having your own experience. I think that's kind of the best way to go. So what are the best or some of the methods to remove entities or prevent entities from attaching? Like can a person use things like meditation or burning sage or chakra beads or crystals, um, holy water? What's the best way to go? Um, okay, let me go through the list. There are certain tools that you've talked about that shift energy and vibration, but don't necessarily within itself remove an entity. Um, it's kind of like, I feel personally from my experiences of, of Huna training, which is Hawaiian spiritual based work, um, that it's important to respect all aspects of self that are attached to you, not attached to you, because we're all connected. We're all part of the same stuff. So we don't want to do anything that is disrespectful or low vibrational energy. 
right? I don't want to kill an entity. I don't want to hurt it um, or anything like that. So it's how do we consciously and with great respect find out again, kind of that root cause? Why did they come? How did they come? Let's figure that situation out and go, okay, what needs to shift in either the host person and or that entity who came to help or harm and make a new game plan. And my role as a, as a um, facilitator is to help that person or whoever finds the best possible solution mm -hmm. with the goal of that host person finally getting, being their own person in their own body and having that one-on-one, -on -one, you know, just that single experience. Crystals raise vibration, but I don't, I have not heard of them necessarily just going, okay, you put a crystal in a room, it dissipates the entities. No. Sage, again, shifts vibrations. It also uh, shifts, um, it eliminates viruses. I think there's study or studies done where if you burn sage in a closed room for 24 hours, I think it eliminates 95 plus percent or 99 percent of the bacteria i think in the room i don't know about viruses but bacteria mm -hmm. so it does quite physically shift you know um the health of the room uh what else did you say holy water again so that is when you have a certain vibration coming from a priest or you know energized water from a shaman and the vibration is higher if you again shift your vibration high enough, then the the vibration of that entity, let's say, let's say the vibration of that entity is operating at a one hundred. If we're looking at Dr. Hawkins' level levels of consciousness, mm -hmm. zero to a thousand. Um, and for those who don't know, he wrote amazing books that those helped me on my path definitely. Um, Power versus force and eye of the eye and eye, they're all awesome. Uh, but, but so imagine if you're vibrating at a hundred and that entity is vibrating at a hundred and then there's that energetic match, then great, you're connected. But if you shift high enough, I think you almost need to be, I don't know, one and a half times higher Then perhaps that entity just goes, all right, this vibration isn't happening for me. I can't operate here. So then they go. So I don't know if holy water and those sorts of things will vibrate high enough to do that. What I know is what I know, and I will work one-on-one -on -one with a client over the phone or Zoom or in person to have a conversation and figure out what it is, why it's there, and where it needs to go. And so that, you know, each session is different. Hmm. So, yes. Once these entities are removed from the person. Um, did they go on to have good lives? I hope they do. I hate to see these little guys, do. you know, be cast what? into the fires of hell to burn for eternity. No, that's not how it operates. Like in The Exorcist, you know? No, no, that's a whole... Okay, there was some priest actually who, I don't know, a few years ago said, but hell was created by the Catholic church to create fear and so forth, right. To control the masses and so forth. Though I will say, if you look at it differently, 
such that if you look at the levels of consciousness of zero to basically infinity, but zero to a thousand, which is a thousand being the highest vibration that a human body can take before the body just goes, I can't operate here. Um, so if you look at, if you're operating at total apathy of zero, right? And total negativity and, and control and all of that, just step into what that feels like. It's a very negative, very low level, very heavy feeling, right? Mm -hmm. um, if So there will be entities and beings operating at that level, but they always have a choice to move up and do whatever they like. No one is ever sticking them to where they are. Again, this gets into belief systems. If I believe that someone is more powerful than me and says, you have to stay here, then, and I believe it, then I will stay there. But I think there is no thing such as hell. There's no fiery damnation. I just, it just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? I've, and I've experienced too much to go, look, if you want to shift your vibration, then figure out how to do it. What beliefs do I need to have to get there, you know, and, and do those things through NLP, through entity clearings and so forth. How do you get into that alignment to where you want to go? So when I do sessions, I'm always operating one on the behalf of the client, but also I always like a win-win situation. And I've never been able to, or I've never had a situation such that the entity or entities were not benefited as well, right? And I go, so if there is a low-lying, I don't know, what was say F1 entity, which is there to do harm, to create fear, to, to create control and wreak havoc on a person because they were told to, and they are doing all of that. And I go, well, all right. And I find them out. I have a conversation. And I go, well, why are you here? I was told to do it. Okay. Well, you know, who are your higher ups? Let me talk with them. So I talk with higher ups and FYI, this is one out in the open and I will get pictures and I will get conversations in my head. Um, or the client will say, oh, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm sensing. This is, or sometimes they are a medium as well and they get information. And then they, you know, we have a conversation in the room. So I'll go, okay, who are your higher ups? And what did they say? And why are these, you know, and we go through contracts. It ends up being very much of a lawyer situation. And I go, all right, well, those contracts, I want you to tear them up because basically I work for the light and the ultimate rule is one soul, one body, and that's it. So those rules that you are saying exist, they don't apply here. And they'll go, yes, they do. Yes, they do. And sometimes they can be angry. Sometimes they can be scary. Um, but then you go, yes, sorry, I'm operating from high and I have some angels behind me and that are helping me and I have guides that are helping me. We all know what's up, don't we? And they'll go, oh, damn, you know. Yes, I know. Stop messing around and get out of here, please. But I want to talk to the lower levels and go, and go, you don't necessarily have to believe this. If you want to go to the other side, they will always welcome you with open arms. And they go, really? I don't have to be here because this really sucks. Yes, you can go. They do not necessarily hold you. There is no contract in the universe that says that one soul lords over another one. There is complete free will. 
absolutely, I to the nth degree, I will say that it is absolutely true. So, are, are you so able then, to see these entities around other people? Sometimes, sometimes I see dark shadows. Sometimes I see light. Um, sometimes I see different color light. Um, when I'm there was one time where I cleared a soul fragment of someone and I um, brought them into, I, I cleared the fragment and then I brought that fragment back into that person and I promise it was so bizarre and I was new to all of this and the room looked, um, for the soul fragment there was yellow light coming out of this person. And it was above this person in front of their solar plexus. And it was like maybe a foot and a half, two feet wide, kind of shoulder width. And it just was this pale yellow light. And I'm looking at the client. I'm like, are you seeing this? And she goes, yes, I'm seeing this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this stuff is real. But it's so powerful that it is actually then visible to the naked eye. But a lot of these energies are so subtle, your eyes just don't pick up on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so sometimes I see lights. Sometimes I see really dark, dense entities. I feel them and they don't feel very fun. They're a little intimidating sometimes. Um, but again, I always, I go deeper and I get bigger and I ask for help and then it all works out. Interesting. So, yeah. Can you tell if I have any, any entities attached to me? Uh, quick answer is yes. I'm getting two. One is an ancestor, male. It's like maybe a grand grandfather. Unless a grandfather. Um, that's kind of what I'm getting. The other one is so one ancestor, one non-ancestor, but one to help, and it's not a negative entity. I can do a clearing for you if you like. Okay. <laughs> we have time for it. Um, well, actually, so I would almost do only the, I don't want to do the ancestor one because that would take a little bit more because he's there to help and be um, a guide to you. Um, but I would want to do, so. It's got to be, great, there, it's gotta be my great-grandpa Moses. Is it great-grandfather then? <laughs> Probably. Okay. I'm a lot like you, him. Okay. I okay. That's awesome. Um, I sense him as a very gentle, smiley guy. He was. I don't sense like a mean bone in his body. I don't see him as like a hard ass or anything at all. I just kind of get this like, I don't know if he had a beard or not. I don't see him clean shaven. Um, I don't know. I I kind of get a picture of him. But uh, anyway, but a very nice guy, taller. I don't think he was very. I think he is slightly taller stature anyway, but he is here to help and um, be kind of a, yeah, just a guide. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, it's always wonderful when, you know, ancestors are around, but it's not helpful when they're attached to us. It's good when they're visiting, mm -hmm. coming to say hi or impart some wisdom or share a beautiful dream with you. Um, but again, it's one soul, one body is really important. Um, and so I'm just sharing this information, which he doesn't like. That makes him sad. Um, 
Yeah, that makes him bummed. So why does that make him bummed? Probably probably because I I like him too. Yeah, but I'm getting in my belly like this pain. What is this? Like deep sadness. So, But there's no loss. So I want to beam him some information. I want to kind of update his system. Go, there is no loss. There is... Like you can visit him forever, whenever you want. So what would you, so again, it's like an NLP question. What would you lose of value if you weren't connected to Gary, but you could still see your other siblings or did he have siblings? Maybe one sibling or something. Two. Um, two. Okay. And So what if you saw them? What if you saw your parents? What if you could help even more from that side and connect with the rest of your family while still giving beautiful advice to Gary? You could still do that with even more power from that. Um, I think he really likes being in the human realm. Like that's a way to stay connected here because there's a lot of cool stuff here. Um, that's kind of what I'm getting. So I'm going to just beam some information and go the light, you know, here's an offer of the light and all it has to offer and update his vision on what death is, that it's not necessarily you're losing anything and that you will be okay no matter what. What else does he need to know? Uh, it's like, he just, he just loves you so much. He just, he loves being with you. He loves, I think it's that direct connection of, um, the feelings you're feeling in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. He is, it's like a direct current electricity into his system. So he's like, he really loved being alive. Mm is is what i'm getting and so he doesn't want to lose that yeah he was ridiculously right. old when he died yes he did not want to go and so when he did go he goes i don't want to go so then he attached to you and because you are full of life and he goes great he's yeah so why wouldn't he want to attach to someone who is very similar to him yeah. in well, in energy and love and all that okay so i'll keep him okay <laughs> but he can still connect with you in a more appropriate way, which will be better for you and better for him ultimately. Mm-hmm. So what if he, he could still, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make an offer to you guys. I want you guys. So Gary, I want you to imagine maybe an image in, or like something in front of you on your wall that maybe it's a poster or a, lamp post or whatever it is and just say imagine your great grandfather there and that you're talking to him right now and i would love for you to imagine with your heart all of your heart beaming to him like a little laser beam all of your love and all of your all the things that you want to impart to him and and let him know that you will be okay and that he will be okay and that you can visit me anytime you want. You can visit me in my dreams. You can visit me in front of my bed, but I need to do some beautiful work here and you can help me more from there than being attached to me. Cause then you'll be more connected to all the resources and ancestors on that side. Okay. So just beam all that love 
that there's no such place as far away that he can visit any time he wants. Then maybe he can reincarnate in the future if he wants. You know, that's a possibility too. If he loves life so much, maybe that can be a possibility. But for now, you can remain close, as close as you like, but still have your own separate bodies and souls and be in the appropriate place. And just beam all your love and acknowledgement back and forth to each other until it feels complete. And know that you are okay and complete and full and present in your body in the ways you need to be right now. That Gary, you have a full life to live doing your amazing podcasting and sharing your knowledge and your curiosity with the world. And beam all that knowledge and all that desire to him say, great grandfather, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be great. I'm gonna be this immortal God of podcasting and you're gonna help me. And you're gonna help me from that other side and you're gonna be connected with all your friends and family. It's gonna be even better than here. When you're ready, let me let me know. All right, I'm ready. Awesome. All right, so I'm gonna step into him now. See what he's feeling and see if anything else needs to be resolved here. He's feeling a little bit more secure, a little, little nostalgic, if you will, but the, the belly pain and, and stress does not occur anymore. Okay, and so I'm looking at, I posted on my wall, and this is kind of family soul constellation work here and tuna work, I combine them a lot. I'm gonna go, okay, light, because that's where he could go, and death, and then it's okay to go now and seeing ancestors over there. And now he's getting a lot more excited going, wow, I've forgotten all those guys over there. I was so focused here with you, Gary, and all my love for you and all my loving life and wanting so much for you, like wanting so much for you. Like I was fully invested here. Ah, a phrase came to me, but I forgot to let you breathe. I forgot to let you do you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so now it's, I'm kind of feeling as I gotta let you live your life because that's, that's for you to do. So I really, just the love for you is like, I just love you so much. And I'm okay to be able to step back and let you do you. And going into the light, he's like, but I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. So that's what, that's what I'm getting for him. So I'm just gonna beam all that information to him and have my helpers bring him to the right place in all the right ways. I'm just gonna feel him kind of let go. Mm, beam all that's available and appropriate to help heal. Whatever's going on that stomach, I don't know if he passed away in his, do you know how he died? Um, Lung cancer. He, he was a okay. coal miner, so he had black lung. Okay, because it's like in the middle of it's like lower, so it's above the belly button, and it's like this, it's not a pain, but it's a certain, um, uh, it's just heavy, and it's just cold. Um, there's a lot of fear there. Um, maybe that's worry for you, or maybe it's, it's part, I don't know if it's part lung or not. I don't know how deep the lungs go, but it's deep on the bottom um, part above the, uh, it's like lower part of the rib cage 
Anyway, it's in the middle of the middle of the whole torso. So anyway, so I want to send healing to him and let him know that that was the experience in that lifetime, but he does not have to take that with him to let him heal from all that he experienced to um, let him let go of all those fears. And I want to beam all the updates available and appropriate at this time such that he is no longer that body and he can let that go such that he does not need to carry all that into his new reincarnations whenever that will be mm-hmm. we don't sometimes we take along old past life pains and chronic conditions sometimes that's past life stuff so we don't need that to carry on further so he kind of gets that and he's like good i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to take that with me anyway so cool so let's beam all that that's available and appropriate and have my guides and angels carry him along and send him to where he needs to go and he is going to send a message sometime no doubt in the near future to let you know that he's okay all right awesome so i'm just gonna leave that i'm gonna let that sort itself out and continue on in real space and time i'm gonna come back into my body here Fully present here with you, Gary. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So there is that entity, and the other I want to kind of just beam an information. And now that the that one has witnessed this information, if they feel more confident and say moving on, and that one says, "Yeah, I don't need to really hang out here anymore." Um, it's a very small soul. It doesn't feel very just feels very diminutive and just kind of like, hey, I was just kind of curious and just kind of hanging out. But yeah, I can move on. So I'm going to beam an update to this one. And that will work itself out. And that one will move on. And I'll double check this later, Gary, so I don't leave you hanging and mm-hmm. make sure that my work is complete. Um. Okay, so I'd love, Gary, for you to just sit in your body and find your feet and fight your hands and breathe with your lungs and go, I am fully present in my body and I have one soul in my body. I have dominion over all parts of me through space and time. And any entities attached, non-attached that were negatively influencing me across space and time. I want to sever, cut, release, transform, and return all those entities and energies to the path of pure light. And take a deep breath, and with maybe your right hand, your dominant hand, just kind of slice slowly across, and you go, ha. Good. I felt it. You go, mahiki. We are set free. We are set free. You are set free, and I am set free. You are set free, and I am set free. It is done. It is done. So you just did an entity clearing on yourself. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to miss those dudes, though. <laughs> You can always connect with them. You can always beam information back and forth. There are no, there's no separation. 
So I can beam information, I can connect with something or someone across the universe. And we all have that capacity. We are all telepathic. We all have these sensitivities that we forgot about or are not trained in, but we all have that capacity. So it's that missing is a belief that you can't connect with them, a belief that perhaps you can't say hi and give them a virtual hug. You know, and one way to do that is and in a very good way to do this. And I do this with my guides occasionally um, is imagine and this is where kind of hypnosis or meditation can work. Meditation is not just going to sleep or anything, but it is a focused um, way of thinking, a focused. Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, exercise, if you will is so close your eyes and you do this in the morning or wherever and you close and you sit and find a comfortable place to sit. And you imagine you going into maybe a field or a safe place, whether it's a house or a field or a forest or a river or wherever it is. And then you create a place, maybe it's a small building or a, I don't know, a picnic blanket. I mean, you can create this, whatever it is. And you are creating a place to meet these guides or friends or ancestors or anyone who just you want to talk with who is of higher vibration. Don't allow the lower levels to to go in there. So I always say at least level a thousand and above. That's kind of Buddha consciousness, Christ consciousness, maybe 750 because that is in order 600 because that is a level of enlightenment. So 600 above is what I would, I would cut it off at, honestly, because there are all those lower energies that can trick you and kind of not be so nice. But create a space for yourself. And the more you do it, the better this vision will be. And say, I ask my guides to, to meet me there. Do I have one guide? Do I have three guides? Do I have five? I don't know. And then you meet them there in this neutral plane and have them give you information. Have them just say hi, have a chat. And the more you do this, the more visualizing you do, the stronger that connection will be and that stronger you will tap into your intuition to be able to get information. And so that's a really good starting exercise to do. So you can, I mean, I do this with my guides. I get information and go, okay, so what do I need to do? What do I need to focus on? What do you want to help me with? Where do I need to look? What's my path right now? I mean, it could be any question, big or small. And that's a great way to connect safely and beautifully and in a neutral zone. So you can do that whenever you want to. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, it's a very, very cool way of, of doing all of that. And connecting with your guides, we're connected to everything. Yeah. So it's very fun. I could use them to become the greatest podcaster in the world. Why not? Say, how do I do that? And they'll go, okay, look here. Okay, what do you need to do? All right. And then they might give you some really cool tips. You know, let go of this. Maybe bring more of this into your world. Who knows what they'll say? Well, they certainly keep sending me guests, that's for sure. <laughs> well, well, hey, the more guests, the more reach you'll have, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you're on your way. I love it. Awesome. So um, before we wrap this up, where can my listeners find you? 
You can find me at livingyourawesome.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm all over the place. Um, but if you want sessions with me, if you want a discovery call, which lasts half an hour to see how I can help you, uh, go to my site, livingyourawesome.com. Uh, also, you can kind of see me at ghostreproperty.com. It's a little smaller uh, website where I focus more on clearing homes and um, entities specifically from people, uh, which I can do remotely, as you just witnessed. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's where you can go. Buy my book on Amazon, or if you want me to sign something personally for you, again, go to livingyourawesome.com and buy my books there. And um, yeah, I look forward to helping everybody just find their passion, find their alignment so we can all just get out of all this fear-based stuff. It's not a fun place to be. No, it sucks. Right? It sucks. So let's get out of there. Yeah. Like, let's just, let's just catapult ourselves out of there. But we've <laughs> got to do the work. We've got to do the work. But the thing is, you don't have to stay stuck and you don't have to go. Like when I go into the past, we're there for a short time and I do it in such a way that you are not re-traumatized. Like we do all these sorts of visualizations such that we can get the necessary information without sending you into orbit. So I look forward to you guys calling me and emailing me, letting me know even Gary, just how this has uh, manifested for you and, and where you guys want to go. I would yeah. love some interaction. I think it'd be awesome. Sounds like a plan. I will post those links in the notes of this episode so they can contact you while they're Love listening it. to the show or afterwards. And uh, thank you for everything. Absolutely, Gary. Thank you. It's such a pleasure. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on one second. I just got to play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page www.everythingimaginable2020.com Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. And it's on Amazon. It'll change your life. Because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.